0: to giving financially, please visit our website, Baptist.org. Thank you, and enjoy. Okay, here we go. If you want to grab your Bibles, the first... A uh, chapter and verse that I'm going to be going to is going to be Daniel 2. Daniel 2. If you didn't bring a Bible, there are hardback black pew Bibles in the pew rack in front of you. You can grab one of those. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, please take one of those Bibles. That's our gift to you. And uh, just use it. Read it well. Daniel 2, verses 20 and 21. Okay, today I'm, I'm wading into dangerous waters, shark-infested waters, maybe. Uh, and uh, this is just, it's interesting time. Um, and the moment that I mention politics, uh, specifically in this place, um, the moment I mention the election, tensions grow, don't they? Uh, maybe that's just me, all right? its uh, But I'm feeling the tensions this morning. Uh, you talk about it in our world, and, and it seems that our world has just lost the civility to have a good conversation about it. Um, and uh, tensions rise, we just get angry. Uh, and in this, in this season, doesn't it seem like people on every side are just ready to fight about politics? Come on now, somebody. All right. Um, it, our nation's incredibly divide, divided over uh, this. And right now in some of our hearts... I mean, it, it, even right now, as I just start, uh, we're pointing fingers already at that side or this side or them, and, and it, we've, we're have we pointing fingers to the right or the left, the Democrat or the Republican or the Libertarian. Uh, our country is a, just a mess over politics, and, and maybe it's because the church is a mess over politics. Um, I want to just be very clear uh, that Politics should never invade the church, but the church, God's people, should always invade politics. And what I mean is that the gospel, the gospel changes things. Um, The church is, is meant not to be a thermostat or a thermometer that tells the temperature in a room, but a thermostat which tends to govern the temperature in the room. And so um, I, I just need you to know that that I, I hope today that you won't hear me um, say this is who you should or should not vote for, um, but God's people have been created to be salt and light, uh, and that's who we are. And so I I, I want to preach this sermon, uh, even though I'm terrified to do it. And if you're watching us out there on Facebook from home, all of you, I just ask that you'd pray for me because even this morning i'm struggling with what to say in my last point of my sermon um but uh so anyways so since it's all a mess and it's dangerous waters i'm gonna just be wise and and i got it i think i did it Uh, i'm gonna be wise and just dive right in right isn't that what you do um so here we go uh And by the way, I've mentioned that I was preaching this sermon. I mentioned it to Werner Burkett, who's a a pastor's kid, uh, just earlier this week. And he goes, Pastor, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, no, not exactly. Uh, So people have given me wise counsel, and I've sought out a lot lot of wise counsel from church members and other people. But um, I just feel a burden. I just feel a burden, uh, not for people out there, but for you and me. Uh, I'm not responsible for the church down the road, but at the end of my days, the Bible says that I'll be held accountable for this body of believers. And so I feel a burden for that. That's where I'm coming from. Um, So I feel incredibly responsible, although terrified, to preach this message, okay? So uh, now, to be clear, there's no passage in the Bible, no singular passage. I love going to a passage, opening the Bible, and pulling out of the Bible Uh, out of that passage, what God says. That's called exegesis. I love doing that. Now, to be clear, there's no passage in the Bible that says what I'm about to say, but the Bible is God's Word. It is timeless. The Bible is true, which means that the Bible is very applicable to us and to our situation and even to this election. And so in today's sermon, I'm going to be pulling truths timeless truths and principles from God's Word that will apply to us. Are you with me, church? That's what I desire to do today. And so here are four truths, if you're taking notes, four truths to remember this election, and, and they cannot be overstated. They cannot be overstated. Number one, number one, God is sovereign over both our country and this election. God is sovereign over both our country and this election. Pastor Samuel on Wednesday night, I hope you enjoyed the roundtable thing that we did on Wednesday night on Facebook. But he said this on Wednesday night He said, God is sovereign, and that means he is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Isn't that good news? And he says, and we have to set our eyes on him. So here's what that means for us if God is sovereign over this country and the election, it means that God already knows the outcome of this election. God is in control of the outcome of this election, and no one comes into office apart from God's divine appointment. Okay, so I want you to open up your Bible. I said go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. I want to prove that point. Okay, so it says in Daniel 2, 20 and 21, this. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might, He changes times and seasons. Listen to what it says. He removes kings and he sets up kings. He removes kings and he sets up kings. Don't miss that. That means if somebody comes into a political office, God's hand was at work in it. Okay? And then if you want to flip, you can, but it'll be on the screen. But I would love for you to open up your Bible to Romans 13. Romans 13, verses 1 through 2. And this is what it says. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Did you see that? There is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. That's a terrifying thing. That's an incredible statement. And we all immediately go, well, that means good leaders, right? It means good leaders, I mean, leaders that I agree with, right? I mean, people that do what I think they should do in office. No. Every. The good and the evil. The good and the evil. Now, I I have a question to ask of you. Does the Bible promise that every leader uh, that is over Israel even would love God and serve Him? Don't we see that if you read Israel's history in the Old Testament? Man, you see a good king and an evil king. uh, Another evil king that's worse than the first king, and then another good king raised up. And it's just up and down and up and down. But who set them all over his people? God did. God did. So the good and the bad. So I, I want you to think about this. At the time of Daniel's writing, Daniel is under Or in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar's reign? Is Nebuchadnezzar a good king who worships God and loves him and serves him? No. At the time of Paul's writing in Romans chapter 13, there's a man named Nero who was emperor. How many of you know anything about Nero? Not a good king, right? Here's what we know about Nero. He was known for marrying his stepsister, killing his mother and brother and then torturing, killing, and lighting the streets of Rome with the burning bodies of Christians. Not a good dude. But what does Paul say? Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Do you feel the weight of that like I do? That is a heavy statement. Heavy statement. So, whatever the outcome of the upcoming election, whether we agree with the results or we get who we voted for or not, God has done it. And sooner or later, somehow or another, God will be glorified in the rising up of this king for such a time as this. Now, that's tough to swallow, isn't it? I long for the day. This is one of those making sure my filter's working moments. I long for the day where I can point to my, or say to my children, my sons, look at that guy in office. Imitate him as he imitates Christ. But for a while, that's not been the option. And so God is in control of this election. He is in control and He will be glorified. The Bible teaches us from beginning to end that God is sovereign. And that means He uses the choices of the righteous and the choices of the wicked and that through using both of those He will accomplish His eternal purposes. That's what the idea of sovereign means. It does not negate man's responsibility. It does not excuse us from being responsible for our actions But rather, we know that God is so big and so grand that He will use the good and the evil to accomplish what He purposes. And that is very, very, very comforting to this guy who wakes up every day and when I look at the news, I just kind of wait for the train wreck of what's going to happen today. It's good to know that my Father is in control. This song, this great hymn, has just been such a comfort to me. This is my Father's world. And let me never forget. That has been so encouraging to me because He's sovereign. But remember, it does not negate our responsibility it is not it's not an excuse for disobedience or apathy or negligence. God has given each one of us in this room the privilege to vote. It is a privilege. It is a right and it is a responsibility, but at the end of the day, this election rests in my father's hands. Number 2, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And I want you to understand that that theme goes throughout the Bible. It's not just a New Testament idea, but the theme of citizenship goes from Old Testament to New Testament. It starts in Leviticus 25, 23. God is giving His people rules and laws about how when they come into the promised land, this is what they should and shouldn't do, to know Him, to love Him, serve Him, worship Him, all of those things. And God says this in Leviticus 25, 23, "...the land shall not be sold in perpetuity." For the land is mine. What does he say? For you are strangers and sojourners with me. He says, everything that you have, you are not owners, but rather stewards. Remember that you, your citizenship is not in this world. And essentially, God is saying to his people Israel, he's saying, as good as the promised land is, don't get too comfortable this is not your home. As good as it is, as, as flowing with milk and honey as the promised land is, there is a sweeter land to come. Philippians three twenty and 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to himself. That it says our citizenship is in heaven. I don't know how to get any clearer than that. But that word citizenship is the Greek word polytuma. And it literally means the condition or the lifestyle of a citizen. And what he says is: your citizenship, your polytuma, your condition or lifestyle is not rooted on earth, but it's rather rooted in heaven. It's not rooted in the realities of our nation, but in the realities of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so this, this idea that our citizenship is in heaven, the true condition and life of one of God's children is not found on earth, but is in heaven. It's Heaven is the reality that I'm living for. First Peter 2.11 says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles... You see this language of being a sojourner all through the scriptures and we are sojourners here. Where there's a song it says I'm just passing through. We are sojourners. And so he says as sojourners and exiles I urge you to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. This is what he says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. In other words, our actions should reflect the fact that we are passing through this country on the way to our home country. In fact, the Bible teaches us that we are ambassadors of Christ, and we are ambassadors of that home country and my true King. The king of heaven has sent you and me on mission to earth for the single purpose of showing those around us what our king is like, revealing the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of this world. He says your citizenship is not in heaven. He wants to show us that the differences between the two countries. Question. Does God promise to you and to me that he will uphold the welfare of the United States of America forever? No. Do we want him to? Yes. But does he promise that? No. Well, what about what you read just a little while ago? That whole 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people were called by my name, would humble themselves, uh, seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. What about that promise? Well, here's the reality. Jesus came as the fulfillment of that promise. Do you remember what the Word says? All of the promises of God find their yes and amen in Jesus. And so the true healing that can be found for this country is not in politics. It's not in a party, this party or that party. The true healing for the country is found in a man, a God-man, Jesus Christ. It's found in the finished work of Jesus Christ on a cross. It's found in the point that Jesus is our great physician. It's found in the fact that Jesus doesn't just come to heal bodies, but heal hearts. And the political affiliation that I or you have is not the greatest sickness that we have. The political affili- affiliation of the person that you might disagree with is not their greatest problem. The greatest problem that that person has is that their heart is wicked and separated from God, and they need a redeemer just like you and me. That promise is not fulfilled by a president, but by a savior. And it's conditional on the church if God's people would, then He will. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a lot of the church doing what He is asking of us so that He will. See, what these verses teach us is that our ultimate allegiance belongs to another country and to another king. Kingdom first. And not the kingdom of the United States of America, but the kingdom of God. The kingdom of the United States of America will one day fall away and be destroyed, but the kingdom of God will be forever. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, he says, the true Christians will be loyal to his country and obedient to those in authority. But he will never fall into the error of confusing his own national culture with Christianity. But too many Christians have fallen into that error. And when we get this confused, God's people will fight the wrong battles with the wrong enemies, with the wrong weapons. We talked about this just a couple weeks ago. And it seems as though the church is passionate about their causes and have, while, while the cause of Christ has suffered, Church family, there is something bigger that we serve than a four-year election. And and if my, my, my candidate gets in or he doesn't get in, it will not cause my nation to rise or fall, succeed or perish. There is a kingdom... I can make enemies of the very people that God has sent me here to evangelize. And, and if or when my political views create a barrier for the gospel of Jesus Christ, I am serving the wrong kingdom. That's why I harp on, be careful what you put on Facebook. It's not, Facebook's not evil. Entirely. but we should be wise. When my political views push people away from Jesus, we have committed sin. And the church at times has so wed themselves to a political affiliation that that political affiliation and the church are almost committing adultery. Adultery. It's hard to differentiate. Have you noticed how the political term uh, for Christians or a lot of Republicans is evangelicals? Don't steal my word. That's a Bible word. It has nothing to do with politics, it has everything to do with the gospel. But the church has let politics steal our vocabulary. And we don't need to give that one away. We need to take that one back. Evangelical means I'm passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It does not say I'm going to vote this way or that way. It says I will push the gospel forward. When God's church is so aligned with one political party that members of another political party don't feel welcomed into God's church, we have an issue. And I just need you to remember, Jesus' disciples didn't all see national things the same way. I use this illustration a lot. You had Levi the tax collector, Matthew the tax collector, and you had Simon the zealot. And I bet there were times some, some heated debates around the campfire that almost got a little ruckus in there. But Jesus still welcomed them around the same campfire. He still called them both, come follow me. And we've got to make sure that everybody feels welcome in our church so that we're acting as ambassadors of Jesus Christ and not enemies of the kingdom. Just just be reminded that political banter has never brought a single person into the kingdom of heaven. I love sarcasm. It is my spiritual gift. (laughs) But we need to be careful with the kind of sarcastic stuff we put on Facebook. Not because it's true or not true, but because there is a greater battle waging war around us. Church, so let's not forget that our citizenship is in heaven, and that changes everything. Number three, unity above all else. Unity above all else. Now, let me run something by you real fast. In in my brain, at least, there are tiers of issues, levels of issues. Um, So, in tier one, I have tier one, top tier, these are gospel issues to me. Um, These are closed-handed issues, because where the Word of God is clear, I'm going to be clear. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So let me give you some examples like the triune nature of God, that the divinity of Jesus, that God's Word is true and eternal, that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. Like these are close-handed issues. I'll fight over them. We'll split over these. If if we can't disagree, we can't agree on these we probably shouldn't worship together that's a hard statement isn't it but they're so central to who jesus is and who god is that if we get that wrong then we get a lot wrong okay and then there are tier 2 issues where even though i believe that you're saved and 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 we can disagree thoroughly over these issues. I can believe that you're saved. I can call you a brother and sister, but these issues, they might or might not lead us to worship in different places, but, but for the sake of peace and unity in the body, we can agree to disagree and still call each other brother. And here are a couple of them. Uh, infant baptism. Infant baptism, we, we, that might, we, if we agree or disagree on that, that might cause us to worship in other places, but I still know that you're a brother the transubstantiation of Christ in, in communion. That means that there are some uh, backgrounds that would say that, that when we take communion, you're literally eating the body and the blood of Jesus. And I, I don't think that's true. I believe it's symbolic. And that might cause us to worship at different places, but I could still call you a brother uh, or a sister. Snake handling. All right. If you show up with a snake, I'm out. That's, that's all I got to say about that. All right. So there are tier one issues, very central fight over those tier two issues you're still a brother i love you we can agree to disagree we can walk side by side we can fight for the same gospel but we might not always worship together tier three issues that are issues that we can disagree on but i can still walk with you and appreciate your perspective and we can worship together and those views might be like views on the end times or views on israel or spiritual gifts or etc tertiary issues and very side issues and I, I just need you to understand that politics are not in those. They, they fall. I can't, I don't, my back's hurting. I can't reach low enough to tell you where they fall in the tier. All right. So they don't fall in those top tiers. And so we believe that there should be unity in, in the church, in God's church above all else. Above all else, God desires that His people dwell in unity. Psalm 133, it's not on the screen, but it says how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Ephesians 4, look on the screen or open your Bible, it says, I therefore, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now I need you to understand something. Paul says that unity is a gift of the Holy Spirit and it must be protected and maintained by those inside the church. And in doing that, in protecting unity and maintaining unity, we are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord or worthy of the calling to which we've been called. And so we should protect and maintain unity here. And that means for us that the issue of politics will not divide SBC. Seneca Baptist Church will not argue about these things. If your political views are causing divisions between you and another child of God, then you're allowing Satan to use politics as a tool to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've watched families torn apart because of their views in this very uh, tense political day. And they're both children of God. I I am far less concerned with who you vote for than I am with how you treat the person who didn't vote the way you did. Number four. We will be accountable for our vote. We will be accountable for our vote. This is where I ask you to pray for wisdom for me. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says that we are going to be held accountable for every careless word that we will speak. Isn't that terrifying? The Bible says that we're going to be held accountable for our deeds, right? There will be a reckoning. Uh, For those of us who have Jesus Christ, it will be a a difficult but joyous reckoning because the blood of Christ has so covered all of our sins. And that's good news. That's great news, the best news. And so if you've not trusted Jesus Christ to cover your sins because you are a sinner and you are a sinner in need of a Savior, if you've not trusted Jesus to, to pay for your sins, then please do that today. But we're going to be held accountable for our actions. And I believe that we're going to be held accountable for our vote. So I think there are two points of application for That is you need to vote according to your conscience. And you need to vote according to God's word. What do I mean by that? Well, um, it's time for God's church to stop voting party line first and to start voting party. According to God's word. And maybe those two will line up. And maybe they won't. And if you can look at either candidate. uh, On either side. And say this person. This is the biblical one. That they are completely biblical in all that they do. I don't know what news you're watching. Neither of them are saviors. Both of them are sinners. Sinners in need of a savior. And my prayer has been that God would save both of them. And if he has saved them, that he would sanctify them and make them more like Jesus. But I, I need to stop letting Fox News or MSNBC or whatever news outlet you watch, I need to stop letting that determine my vote. I need to go to a closed room. I need to turn off the news. I need to open God's Word. And I need to begin to search God's Word and say, God, I believe that you have a way that you would want me to vote in this time. And so would you reveal your heart to me through your Word? God's Word is the plumb line by which His church will be held accountable. Not affiliation or issue unless issue is biblical. And there's only one Issue that I know is crystal clear. It's time for God's church to to get alone with God. Guys, we are so much like the world right now. Have you noticed how, depending on what news you read, that morning will kind of determine how your day goes? What's governing me? It's not God's word. Let's get with God's Word. God's people should be like rocks in the middle of this time. We should be immovable in the middle of this time. We should be calm in the middle of this time and peaceful, peaceful in the middle of this time. Why? Because God's Word is true. And politics are not my hope. I'm hoping in Jesus. How are we going to reach this world If I don't look any different than them, are you with me, church family? God's sovereign over our country in this election. Our citizenship is in heaven. That means we we as a church should be unified, even if we disagree that there is an issue more central that we can know for certain. I know people, I know Christian people who fall on both sides of this. I know Christian people who are voting for both parties. Who's right? And right then, people go, I'm right, doggone it. Maybe, maybe not. Doggone it, church family, let us be a, a, a light in these days. Ambassadors of Christ. Armed with the gospel and filled with the Spirit that we are sent out from this place not to be political pundits, but to be missionaries in a world desperate for Christ. it's time for some of us to repent. We're proud. A lot of times this happens simply because we have not let the kingdom of God take root deeply in us. We have not let Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, take over. And I just need you to know today that, that Jesus wants to come in. He wants to come into your heart. He wants to go deeper into your heart. His roots want to expand in your life. It's time. It's time to let him in. Let Jesus come in. He'll make all the difference in your life. You got shame. Let Jesus come in and deal with that shame. You have sin? Let Jesus come deal with that sin. You have a past? Oh, my friend, Jesus can take care of your past. Is there secrets in your life? Confess it to the Lord Jesus. He knows it already. And let Him bring your secrets into the light that you might have freedom. And maybe you're bound up with all this stuff Tensions going on. Your stomach is just in knots all the time. Let Jesus come in. Let Him be your King as you serve in His kingdom. Would you stand with me right now? There, there are people in this room who need to respond, who need to respond. It's, it's time for God's people to humble themselves, to pray. To seek his face. These are continual, ongoing actions. It's time for God's people to do what is conditional upon us so that God might do what only he can do. And that's to bring healing to a land that needs healing so deeply. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads? Guys, I know you on stage are preparing, but in your heads, you can leave the preparation for a minute. Ask God to deal with you. Father, I pray in this very moment that we as God's church would be ambassadors of an eternal kingdom. Father, we are thankful. Thankful that You are over this entire election and over our country. You will set up and tear down kingdoms. You will seat whoever on the throne that you want to be seated. You will put in the White House whoever you want to put put in the White House, and it will accomplish your eternal purposes, whether I agree with it or not. I don't know your purposes. Who am I that I that the Lord would be or I would be the Lord's counselor? I I have no wisdom here regarding these things, but you know all things, and so we trust your omnipotence we trust your omniscience and we trust your omnipresence in the middle of this broken and divided world we ask that Jesus would come and bring healing like truly need we pray that we would be ambassadors of the gospel that we would share and that we would make reconciliation between God and man that we would urge people on behalf of God be reconciled to God through Christ Mm. I pray oh Lord that that would be our heart I know that all of us have a leaning in this election, but I want my heart to be constantly and continually bent to you. In a thousand years, we might not know who was the president of our country in 2021 to 2025. But in a thousand years, we're going to know who's on the throne. And so would we recognize that lordship now? Cause us to respond to you right now as we sing in Jesus' name. Amen.